So guys, we're halfway through the year. First of July, yesterday, and um, I, I believe, how, how many of you for this first six months of the year been good for you, challenging for you? Who's it been just awesome, easy? Okay, any of you has been challenging? <laughs> the most of you. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad for that because um, I think God's got a word for you this morning. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited. And, and this year, you know, we, Corin and I and the kids, we've, we've been here. Next month will be a year at Weinberg. It's gone so fast. Yeah. And uh, what do you say, Carl? Uh, okay, for us it's going, yeah, but, um, yeah, you know, having, having the Lahanas um, move on, and we are going to see them this evening and um, uh, be at Hamana's congregation, but um, it, it was a bit, what, you know, so quickly, and, and that's how life happens, isn't it? And um, you're going, no, that's not how life happens, that's how Josh Jen happens, but, um, yeah, I really... I, I think it's, it's good for us always to keep a perspective. Time is short. And um, whatever it takes to get the gospel around the world, we've got to be ready to do it, even if it's ourselves um, that are the ones to, to be doing that. And, um, and you know, it, it's, it's unreal, you know, just watching our kids growing up and those that are either matriculating this year or going into a high school or... Um, going into, into the workplace or whatever that may be, it's um, just we got to remember time is short. And um, always keep that perspective in your mind. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All those other things are peripherals. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to ask you if you have your Bibles here, if you would turn to Acts chapter 28... Acts 28 in God's Word, and I want to talk to you today about dealing with spiritual opposition, how to handle spiritual opposition in our lives. And um, I, I, I can't remember, I was trying to think back, and I can't recall that this has been dealt with on a Sunday morning, so I think it will be fitting if you take your pens out and take a couple of notes and uh, the one thing that I can tell you guys is the battle is real. Amen? This Christian life is a fight from start to finish. And, um, you know, we share this planet with a real devil and his legions. And we've got to realize that... Um, Everything that we want to do, we want to advance for the Lord, we want to go forward with the Lord, is the enemy is going to resist you. And um, sometimes that resistance can get pretty fierce, as we're going to see this morning. And I want to just give you some help, how to overcome, how to deal with those kind of things. And I'm, I'm on the church prayer group, and I often see prayer requests coming up and, and needs, and um, hey, I'm under attack. I feel like I'm under attack. I feel the, the, you know, the opposition. And um, 
And just as a show of hands, how many of you guys have felt that you've been under some kind of spiritual attack during this year? Okay, a good many of you. Wow, look around the room, guys. That, that's the number. Um, and it certainly fits with, with the, the scripture we're looking at because reaching out for the Lord, you're going to encounter opposition. I remember I was, Karen and I were, this is more than 20 years ago in the 90s, we, we were um, new at Bible college. We had a pastor come to speak to us and, and, and address us, and he had a vibrant church, um, a radio ministry, he was a Christian author, John Corson, and um, he's on the radio Sunday nights on, on Radio Tigerberg, 104FM, and, and uh, he came to speak to us, and he shared a story, an account of his life that I couldn't believe was so tragic. But newlywed, he'd lost his wife. Um, years later, he'd lost his daughter. His wife died in a car accident. His daughter died in a car accident. And he's sharing all this. And even after he shared that message with us, his son died. And it was, and I can remember hearing this, and I was like, whoa, what have we just signed up for? You know, this Christian life, serving God, going into ministry, there's opposition, there's trials. But um, the, the opposition that comes, we choose how we're going to deal with it. And you've heard that saying, trials can either make you bitter or better. And the one thing that I've had to learn through life is the ability to bounce back when those hard things happen, and not to become overwhelmed by them. The Bible tells us that we are overcomers. And um, any of you know, you've heard the name Bethany Hamilton. Bethany Hamilton, quite a, good na- a big name in the surfing community, competitive surfer, 13 years old. She's paddling out at a home surf break on Kauai, Hawaii, and gets bitten by a shark, takes her arm off at the shoulder. And... Um, she bounced back, and the Lord, the church came around her, the people, and um, look what she is today. She is, um, she's authored a lot of books. She's surfing professionally. Um, she's got a, on the radio, two movies about her, Soul Surfer, if you've seen that, and um, she bounced back, and I was reading a missionary story, William Carey, a famous missionary into, into India, who goes across from England and he becomes a, a, a missionary in India and they had to learn the language, so it took, that took a, quite a few years, him and his wife learning the language, and then after that, um, his passion was to translate the Bible into, I think it's Sanskrit, that uh, language of, of India. And um, he starts learning, and then he starts translating the Bible from Genesis. And 12 years later, he's finished. He sets up a printing press in India, and he's, like, ready to print. And one night, a fire comes and burns the place to the ground. He loses the printing press. He loses all his manuscripts, notes, everything. And yet you read his story, he bounces back. He said, they said, what are you going to do now? Are you going to go back home? He said, no, I'm going to start again in Genesis. And um, that's, it's remarkable. Um, in our own family, 
2016, after um, we'd been in ministry, planted churches, and um, God seemed like God was doing so much. My wife, Karen, went in for a routine a surgery, and um, things didn't go as planned. It uh, went worse. She nearly lost her life in hospital, and um, she continues to struggle, lost her health from being someone who could run marathons to coming home from hospital with a walking stick. And um, these are the things. How do we come back from these kind of things? And I want to share with you a message. And um, John Corson, who was sharing with us, and he, he said this line, and it's always stuck with me. When the snake strikes, shake it off. And it's based on this passage that we're going to look at where Paul the Apostle is um, he's with Luke and I think Timothy, and they um, traveling. They were going from Jerusalem to, to Rome, and they got caught in this two-week storm that blew them across the Mediterranean. And um, they were like throwing cargo overboard, and they were trying hard to save the ship that was getting broken to pieces. And they run aground on this island. They don't know where it is. And so on this island, they discover that it's called Malta. And I want you to read what happens here in Acts chapter 28 and see how Paul handles this situation. Acts 28. And it said, now when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire, and they made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire, and he suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now, in that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. And they also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. Now, I want to focus on those verses, verse 3 to 5. And it tells us over there, when Paul had gathered this bundle of sticks, so they're on the beach. Just think of it. They've been in the storm for two weeks, blown this way, blown that way. And they land on this beach and on this beach, it's pouring with rain, and they go, 
hunting around for sticks. They find the sticks and the locals start a fire for them. And it says that in verse 3, when Paul had gathered the bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, this man is a murderer. He's a bad person. And Paul shook off the creature into the fire and he suffered no harm. I want to share with you in this message a couple of truths here. Firstly, three truths about the snake. Secondly, three truths about Paul. And three truths about these natives that were on the island, the Maltese people. And the first thing here about the snake that I want you to see is that it was awakened. How was it awakened? It was awakened when Paul started to serve. And that is one thing, because I want you to think of this snake on this island as Satan and the way that Satan attacks us, because the first way that Satan is shown to us is as a snake in the Garden of Eden. And three things about the snake is the first thing, it was awakened. The second thing, it was aggressive. And the third thing, it attacked. And Paul instigated this in a sense by picking up those sticks and starting to serve. Now just picture it. You've got 276 survivors from this ship. They're on the beach. They're huddling together. The rain is pouring. And Paul, his heart for Christ, and that says, how can I serve these people? Okay, let's make this fire really big, and they can all get warmed in the fire. And that is the first thing for you to realize. You know, when you are not serving God, when you are not serving the Lord, I think of my sort of nominal Christian life that I lived for many years where I wasn't serving God. I never used to get attacked spiritually. But it was the moment when I felt the call to ministry, where I felt called to serve God, where I started to get involved in youth, where I started to get involved in kids' church, that I noticed Satan seemed to step up the attacks. You see, it's Paul picking up those sticks, it's Paul doing something for people, it's Paul doing something for the Lord that stirred up the anger of that serpent. And you know, that serpent was pretty dormant. It was probably hibernating. And it was just like there, and it found a nice, comfortable place. And he has this apostle, like, unsettling it, and it, like, wakes up, and it's awakened. And we've got to realize that we awaken Satan by our service for Jesus. Do you realize that? And the second thing is that snake became aggressive. And the third thing is attacked. And as Paul's hand was in there, it leashed on and it hung onto his hand, drove its fangs into his hand, injecting him with this toxic venom. Now, I want you to notice there was something else that got the snake so aggressive. And it tells us over there, if you look in verse 3 again, it wasn't just that Paul was gathering the sticks but that it was bringing him to the fire. It says the viper came out because of the heat, the warmth. And here's another thing that makes Satan pretty aggressive. It's the warmth of the Holy Spirit. 
It's the warmth of God. When that fire is burning in your hearts, when that fire is burning in your family, when that fire is burning in the youth, when that fire is burning in the church, you can be sure Satan will become aroused. He will want to fight against that thing because it is the warmth. Now, I truly believe that in churches where the Holy Spirit is not moving, Satan doesn't even bother about them. He drives past. He looks for those where the Holy Spirit is moving, where God is at work, where people are getting saved, and he launches the attack. So two things that will stir up the devil in our lives and in our churches is us serving and us being filled with the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Spirit. So now, hang on. I don't want anyone here this morning to think, okay, how do I avoid Satan? Okay, I just won't serve and I won't be filled with the Holy Spirit. No, you're getting it wrong, okay? We want to be on fire, but I've got to, this morning, where we need to go is I need to show you how you can have victory over these things and over these attacks. So listen, three things about Paul is that Paul When he was attacked, he did these three things. And this is very important. The first thing is he shook it off. And this is what, again, what I want to say. When the snake strikes, shake it off. Don't let it continue. And Paul not only shook it off, but he suffered no harm. And I love that. It says he suffered no harm. And number three, he kept standing. Now, I think some of you, maybe me included, if I was bitten by a poisonous snake, I think I'd just fall over just because I got bitten. But Paul, when he's writing and he's talking in Ephesians, he talks about standing, about not being a pushover. Are you a pushover for the devil? I don't want to be the devil's pushover. I don't want to be someone that when Satan does attack that I just, I'll just play dead. I don't want to. And Paul, when he's writing in Ephesians chapter 6, and he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. What must you be? Strong in the Lord. That's Jesus. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood or against people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Do you realize that Paul is showing us that there's Satan? It's not just we're fighting the devil, but we're fighting four groups. Did you get that? This battle is, is fierce. Because he's telling us that you're fighting against principalities, you're fighting against spiritual powers, forces, you're fighting against the rulers of darkness, and you are fighting against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is the planet. If you want to not experience this, you need to go live on Mars, okay? But here on planet Earth, these are the forces that you and I are battling against. And Paul said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 
Can you see that in this passage, Paul says three times, I want you to stand. Don't be the devil's pushover. When temptation is coming against you, don't just fall into it. Oh, I can't resist. Stand. And when you're under attack, stand. Now, there is a difference between temptation and attack. Temptation is when Satan dangles the carrot in front of you and you like follow into it because it's feeding your flesh. Attack is something where you are advancing. You're not, it's not about sin, but you're advancing in righteousness and the devil comes in to try to stop you, try to prevent what God is doing in your life. That's attack. And Paul says, put on all the arm of God and cover yourself, your waist, your breastplate of righteousness, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel peace, and above all, taking up the shield of faith. And he mentions the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Holy Spirit. Cover yourself in God, is what he is saying. Cover yourself in Christ. Take up the sword of the Spirit. Guys, we have two fights. Amen? So, Paul is here, and he shook off the snake, and I love the place where he shook it off into. Paul was not a nature conservationist, okay? He didn't say, poor snake, I was in its area. What did he do? He drove, he, he shook it off into the fire so it could roast. And this, for me, is a picture of Satan's ultimate end. Because Revelation chapter 20 tells us where the devil will end up. And do you know where he will end up? In the lake of fire. And I do believe that this was not just a natural occurrence, but there was a spiritual attack upon Paul because Satan thought, if I can kill him now, none of these Maltese people will get to hear the gospel. If I can just kill him on the beach, I can deal with him. And this is what happened in World War II when the Allied troops wanted to advance in and get reclaim Europe. Can you, can you remember, and any of you seen any movies or anything of, of World War II, the Battle of Normandy, D-Day and everything, and how the German troops were trying to withstand them, trying to stop them landing. But they couldn't. But it came at great cost. And finally, they did land, and they were able to take Europe. But this is what we need to remember. We have to take the beach, okay? I'm saying, you say, you're a surfer, you know, you have to take the beach, okay? But to getting your foothold on the beach, you can advance. Paul advanced into the island. He went to the capital. There was the, the man there, the, the, says a leading citizen, of the and, and Paul could go right into his home because he took the beach. And for us, the battle of the beach is where we have to fight Satan so that we can advance in. There are battles that we need to fight for Weinberg Church. There are battles that we have to fight for our families. There are battles that we have to fight for UCT. There are battles that we have to fight for our schools. We need to fight to advance. And Satan will try to keep us silent and ineffective, but Paul shook off the snake, he suffered no harm, and he kept standing. And that's a model for us. You know, I love this saying, it goes, life is 10% what happens to you, 
and 90% how you choose to respond to it. Isn't that true? Because in our lives, we can let everything push us over. No, that's just too, uh, you know, that's too hard. Or, you know, and, and we, try to, we try to back off instead of dealing with the problem and dealing with the situation. Now, let me give you three scriptures that can help you. And just as we wrap our mind around this, because I sincerely believe that every Christian in this room, every one of you sitting here who's a believer trusting in Jesus Christ, that you are armed with a spiritual power that anything and everything that Satan could throw against you, you can overcome because of Christ. Now, look at these scriptures over here. The first one, Luke 10, verse 19. Jesus is speaking and he says, I've given you authority, exousia is the Greek word, to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I love, now those are the words of Jesus. He says, nothing will harm you. And when the context just of that scripture, Jesus had sent out 70 disciples to go into go preach the gospel, and they came back, and they said, Lord, it was amazing. We cast our demons, and even we found the demons submit to your name. And the Bible says, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit, and he said those words, I've given you exousia, authority, to go out and to do this. And now, when he's talking of snakes and scorpions, Jesus is not meaning literally, but he's using that to speak of spiritual forces, those things that oppose us. Exousia, the word authority, there is a word that means like delegated authority, what's being given to you. Understand this, you are not more powerful than the devil. There's not one of us that's more powerful than a demon, because they've got that spiritual power. But when you are in Christ, there is a power that is delegated, given to you through Jesus Christ, by which you can take power and authority over those demons. I cannot destroy a demon, but I can cast one out because I have authority. You see, if you were driving home from church and on the M3, the M5, and a traffic cop comes and stands out in the way where you're driving and he holds his hand up like that, what are you going to do? Okay? And yet anyone say, I'm going to drive over him. Okay? But all that traffic cop has to do is to put up his hand like that and you immediately pull over. Why? Because he's got that delegated authority. He can do that. He's got the uniform. He's got the badge. Well, remember the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness? Do you have it? Do you have the helmet of salvation? Do you? The feet of the gospel? You can stop Satan. It's as easy as that, church. You see, it's that exousia, the delegated authority that we have. Revelation 12, 11. This is speaking of the end times when Satan is going to unleash all of his power on earth. There are still people that overcome him. 
This is awesome. Because in the book of Revelation, you see more of Satan trying to turn the world against Jesus and trying to turn the world against Christianity than any other book. And yet, in the middle of Revelation, people are overcoming the devil. How awesome is that? Revelation 12, 11, it says, They defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony. They didn't love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. In other words, how did they defeat him? By the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they, didn't, they weren't afraid to die. Their commitment to God and to the Lord Jesus was strong. Now, the word there, defeated, nikau, is it's where Nike comes from, victory. They had victory over the devil through the testimony of Jesus, the truth of Jesus Christ, who he is, the blood of the lamb, and they didn't love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And then Romans 8 verse 37, you know this one well. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, those words, more than conquerors, is one word in the original language, hypernikau, or hupernikau. And, and we use that word in English when we speak of something very large. We speak of a hyper market or checkers hyper, something very big, mega. And Paul says to us, in Christ, we are hyper victors. We are hyper victorious. We are this, we are mega conquerors. That's what he's saying. Now, I think, and one of the roles for us as church is just to convince Christians of the power that's already ours. That we have, because we are not the devil's pushovers. And if you can notice in each one of those scriptures, each one in some way points us to Jesus. And it tells us, Jesus is speaking, I have given you authority. It's from me, it's from Jesus. All authority has been given to me. He says, I give to you. And the second verse, the blood of the Lamb. And the third one, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. You see, it all comes back to Christ, to Jesus. How awesome. And, and you know, with each of those verses, I think I have got more of Jesus than what I need. I've got Jesus in me. I can do anything. Do you believe that? We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. He does. And guys, I just want to say something quickly for those of you, the, the warriors. Not the warriors, the warriors. Because when we are praying, we are not worrying. A Christian cannot worry and pray at the same time. Okay? When I pray, I'm not worrying. And when I worry, I'm not praying. Yes? So, what's the solution to worry? Pray. Trust Jesus. Jesus can help us. 
And so we don't, we don't have to worry about those things. So let me, I'm tailing off right here. Three things about the natives. <laughs> Three things about the natives. Um, Paul says right at the beginning, these guys are funny. They, the, it says in verse 2, the natives showed us unusual kindness. They started, they kindled the fire, they got the spark going. And so they were unusually kind. And it says, I like the way it's worded. The natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire, and they made us all feel welcome. Because of the rain, it was, it was like Josh Jen. Hey? It made us all feel welcome. Hey? But listen, these guys weren't saved. They weren't believers. So just realize this, that nice people are not necessarily Christian people. And not all Christian people are necessarily nice. We know that by experience. Yeah? So, you know, sometimes you go, oh, that's such a nice person. Wow, she must be a Christian. No, she's a nice person. Nice people don't automatically go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. The thief on the cross who got saved hours before he died was not a nice person, but he was a saved person. There are some Christians that I've met, they're not nice people, but they're saved. It's just one of those things. We're saved by grace. So these guys, they were unusually kind. Secondly, they were spiritually confused. Because if you look at verse 4, it says, When the natives saw this creature, this snake, hanging on Paul's hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man's a murderer. Because who escaped the sea Yet justice does not allow him to live. In other words, they were saying, look, he's just come out of a storm and he survived the storm, but he's a murderer. And so he's just landed on the beach and the snakes attacked him. This is justice. They were spiritually confused. Have you heard of karma? This was their kind of belief, a bit of the yin and the yang. They were like, wow, okay, he's a bad person, so something bad happened to him. And again, let me say, they were spiritually confused because that's not the gospel. The gospel is we are all bad people. And the bad thing happened to Jesus because this is not God. God is not every time we do something bad that God throws out a judgment on us. The Bible says that all judgment fell upon Jesus. On the cross, it was Christ carrying the justice for our sins. He was the justifier and the one to bear the penalty of our sins. And it's the blood of Jesus that forgives us of our sins. We all deserve to die. We all deserve to get killed by snakes. But for Jesus, he defeated Satan. Now, Three things about the natives. They were unusually kind. They were spiritually confused. And the third thing, they were more spiritually confused. Because at the end, when nothing happens to Paul and they were looking at him, why isn't he swelling up? What's wrong with him? You know, this is one of these Maltese vipers. I mean, this guy should die. Why is he still alive? And then they go, they changed their minds and they said that he was a god. Okay, I'm Greek, so I know a little bit about this. But, um, you know, Greeks believe 
those that aren't Greek Orthodox, the old Greek religion was all these different gods, Zeus and Apollo and all those kind of things. Now, in the Greek religion, Zeus um, had an, because they were all, all those gods were like bad people. And so Zeus had this um, illegitimate child with another goddess, and they gave birth to this child called Hercules. And um, as, as the belief goes, Hercules, because um, the, the wife of Zeus was so incensed about this that she got these two big snakes and put them in his crib and when he was eight months old. And so Hercules like squashed them both and killed both these snakes. And, and so that was their belief for Hercules, you know, the powerful one. And, and, and so what they're saying in essence is they're saying, this guy's Hercules. You know, he's a god. He's, he's like, you know, he, look what he did to the snake. And, um, and, and so, look, they were, they were wrong again. But Paul spends three months on Malta. And Paul ministers because God opened a door. Why? Because when the snake strikes, Paul shook it off. He suffered no harm. He kept standing and God opened that door. God used that event to put these superstitious Maltese in awe that they would listen to what Paul had to say to them about Jesus. And this is the one thing I've come to realize about trials, about testing. When the snake strikes, there's an opportunity. I can use that situation for good. And God opens the door. Paul goes about healing because they would have had the faith now for that, because they saw Paul, and he preaches the gospel. And I like this. Verse 10 says, they also honored us in many ways. Now, one way they honored Paul, they named the beach after him. In fact, if you go to fly to Malta, and you, 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 one of the big tourist beaches is St. Paul's Bay. Yeah, where it happened? They honored. And and, and this is so awesome because when we can shake that snake off, when we can keep standing, there is something that God has for you. Don't miss the blessing behind the attack. And this is the way we've got to go. This is the way. And Paul didn't flinch. And, and this is something that just only came to me like, I think yesterday morning, Karen, like we were talking in the kitchen and she said, you know, I, I told her I was preaching on this and she said, you know, if something had come into me, why didn't Paul flinch? He gets bitten by the snake. I mean, any of us, you know, we'd like, hey, and we've got a doctor. Where, 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 where do we go? I, is, what, what do you, how do you deal with a snake venom? You know, we'd be doing that. And guys, listen, I, I don't want to go the wrong direction here. If you get bitten by a snake, do something. Don't say, Dimitri told me I can just, no. I think, you know, when these things happen, it's to point us to a spiritual reality, okay? But in this case, Paul didn't flinch. Why? Two years before, God had given Paul a promise. Paul was in Jerusalem where he'd gotten attacked by the Jews, who was in the temple. He had been taken in by the Romans. He was imprisoned. 
and the Lord spoke to him. That's in Acts chapter 23 and verse 11. And God said, Paul, don't be afraid. As you have testified for me in, in Jerusalem, you must also testify for me in Rome. Why didn't Paul flinch? Because he knew, and he's probably, and Paul was someone who could think, and he's probably reasoning. I've just been bitten by this poisonous viper that kills people. Now, this venom has already got into my bloodstream. And God, if this venom is going to kill me, and I die on this beach, I'm not going to get to Rome. But God, you told me I would go to Rome. You told me as I've testified in Jerusalem, I will also testify in Rome. Therefore, the snake is not going to harm me. Can you see Paul's faith in the Word of God? Do you have faith in the Word of God? Do you believe that you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you? Do you believe that you can take on the devil and win? In all these things, we are hooper, hyper, conquerors through him who loved us. And you say amen to that. Amen. Three things I want to leave you with. God is for us. Jesus is with us. The Spirit is in us. If you're a believer, you've got nothing to fear. Many years ago, Corona, when we were going through that terrible trial, her health was so shot. And I got to a point where I'm saying, God, I can't go on in ministry. I, I just, I don't see an end. Corin's health, and one day Corin can testify with you guys and share just that whole road that we've been through. But like, like one day when it just got so bad where I felt like she was dying. And I went to bed that night and I had a dream. And in this dream, the snake had wrapped itself around my, my arm and it was just getting tighter and I was trying everything to pull it off, and I just couldn't get this thing off, and it was, it was just so aggressive. And eventually I called out to the Lord, and I was in a kitchen in this dream, and as I leaned down and I was praying to, like, go on my knees to pray, and as I began to pray and to lean down on the floor, the snake began to loosen its grip. And it, it just began to slither off me. And then God showed me on the table there was a hammer. And I took the hammer and I began to hit and to beat this thing till it was pulp. And God showed me, you're more than a conqueror. This is not going to overcome you. Hypernikao, more than conquerors, through Christ, Jesus, who loves us. Amen? Lord Jesus, I want to pray that you would solidify this word in our hearts, that we would know who we are in you, and that we would prevail, that we would win, that we would overcome. And Lord, I thank you that there's no weapon that can come against us, that you can demolish everything, Jesus. And we put our faith in you, 
And today, Lord, we declare that Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. He's Lord of principalities and powers. You are Lord over Satan. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. And uh, folk, if there's one person here who doesn't know that power in their life, I want to invite you to come forward and at the close of the service, I just want to share a couple of things about Jesus with you. And the Bible says that he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That spiritual power over death, over Satan, begins in your life when you bend your knee to Jesus. You can do that today. And so you come up here after the service and you say, I want to give my heart, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Make him the Lord and Savior of my life. Amen? Amen.